You're listening to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast with Mike Chappell and Dave Griffiths. Inside the Fox 59 CBS4 Podcast Studio, this is the Colts Blue Zone Podcast alongside Mike Chappell. I'm Dave Griffiths. Joe Hopkins here on the audio board as well. And we're settling into the offseason, Mike. It's a new year. Happy New Year to both you guys. Happy was New your, Year. Was your revelry uh, revelrous as the new year uh, dawned on us? I saw the ball fall, and that's about it. Oh, congratulations. But I think I had to wake up to see it, so no, it was it was fine. Joseph? Yeah, I, uh, I woke up with a pretty big headache, so I think I had a good time. Hey, oh, all right then. That's how that's I didn't read, go, about. read about you in the paper, so you must have been, <laughs> you know, you must have been illegal. Uber, baby, Uber. That's the best, best kind of the new year um as the uh, new year dawns the colts do have a little bit of good news this week that is center ryan kelly making the pro bowl that is his first pro bowl in his uh young career and certainly well deserved he came in as an alternate for one of the pouncy brothers whichever one it is you get them mixed up in your head and P- i the certainly pittsburgh do pouncey. the pittsburgh pouncy we'll go with him that one and so so ryan kelly's a pro bowler and everyone who has ever coached him at this place has always raved about his ability has called him the best or one of the best centers in the league and gets his uh gets his due for it this year yeah he, he does the dirty work sort of getting people in place and making the right calls and he and andrew luck had a great synergy as far as doing that i'm sure that's still a work in progress with brissette but it's pretty cool just what after four years he gets his due what would really be nice is if anthony costanzo who's a first alternate gets in there and then you've got costanzo kelly and quentin nelson and then of course darius leonard so getting four guys in would be pretty amazing getting three offensive linemen in i'd have to go back and look i'm trying to think of, of time Three Colts linemen made it maybe back in the 80s with Ron Solt and Chris Hinton and Ray Donaldson, maybe. Yeah. But this would be really unique for this team. Well, Ryan Kelly is the guy who kind of anchors everything together, keeps things centered, for lack of a better word. For uh, he, uh, he, He makes the calls. He gets everybody organized. Um, so it's a lot more than, than just blocking that he does, um, but, but he, he, he does both of them exceptionally well. And, uh, who would have thought that, uh, two years ago, Mike, when, uh, all the, the word was about the offensive line, you know, uh, it's just, just all the different offensive lines right, under the different Andrew combinations. Luck, all the different centers Correct. that Andrew Luck has lived with. Now it's, well, well, you got your center, right? but now it's, it's the guy behind him that, uh, don't know if there's going to be a little bit of a rotation coming up this offseason. Because as we enter the offseason now, that is unmistakably, inarguably, undeniably the first question, the second question, the only relevant question, uh, the most relevant question that Chris Ballard has to answer as uh, what he's going to do at the quarterback position. Now, we've seen Jacoby Brissett two full years as a starter. Obviously, the first one had much different... They want to throw the first one out, but you can't entirely. You learn some things, right? for sure, from that year. But the second one obviously gets more weight, as it should, because he'd been in the system for more than six days before getting that first start. And he has an actual professional offensive line in front of him that year, that second year. So the first question is, has Jacoby Brissett done enough? The second question is, if not, how do you want to replace him? So these are questions that Chris Ballard and the front office have to go over now. What do you look at if you want to move on? You look at free agents, and then you also look at the draft. 
So, that being said, we're going to dive a little bit into free agent quarterback options first, because that's the first thing. Free agency opens before the draft, Mike. As you know, as Joe, you know, um, in early March, I believe it is, or maybe mid-March is when free agency begins. March 18th, I think, is the start okay. of the new league year. There it is. And right around the time of the March Madness. And so the draft doesn't come until a full month and a half later. April 23rd, I think it so is. So if you, if you want to put all your eggs in the basket of drafting a quarterback and that guy that you want isn't there at 13, well, tough luck. So maybe the idea is to look at free agents. Again, this is a first. They're not free, right? But but I know what you're saying because they, they will. If you if you find one you really like, he's going to cost you. And the thing is, if you find a free agent you really like, that means somebody else doesn't like him for a specific reason. They're which, out there for a reason. Exactly. They just are. Every one of these guys, they have something that that somebody else has not deemed worthy of a franchise. Age, quarterback. injury, price tag, whatever. So the it's never ever a sure thing even when drew Brees years ago was a free agent there was a big question about his shoulder how how might the league have altered had miami passed him on his physical that was ridiculous crazy and instead dante culpepper goes there and they go down the tubes for the next decade he goes to new orleans and the rest is history in that city win a super bowl much to the cult chagrin Hank Basket, sorry. Hank Basket, holy. I think he went to Syracuse, didn't he? No, but he was a Philadelphia Eagle for a while. How dare you besmirch <laughs> the fine name of Syracuse University <laughs> with that? They were showing up replays of that the other day, and I'm thinking, just can't, just cover the ball. That's all you got to do. And the Colts probably win a second Super Bowl. Just holy smokes. That's still a sore point. So maybe a free agent quarterback acquisition tickles your fancy because you want somebody who comes in who's experienced. Who short can, term. He'd be the short term bridge to whomever. Right. And that's a possibility if Chris Ballard goes into this draft, especially and doesn't really like anyone, right? If he doesn't like anyone and you don't like Brissett, maybe you go to a veteran guy to see if you can make a run or two in the playoffs in the next couple of years. But again, the problem is free agency's first, right? So now, right. now what you're saying is, if he if he's sitting here in in March and just doesn't like any of these quarterbacks, first round, second round, fifth round, then then he's got to be somewhat active mm-hmm. on the free agent market. And then again, I don't I don't think that's the case. I think he'll find somebody. I'll be shocked if we don't have a we if, if the Colts don't have a quarterback drafted second round, third round. I, I just yeah. I just think that has to be what they do. The first round, not to get off 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 path here, but the first round, what their thirteenth, that all of a sudden might be for a left tackle, which which certainly jumbles up what you want to do. If if you think you have to get a left tackle in the draft, it's got to be at thirteen. It just it just has to be. And but but and then that alters what you do at quarterback. Maybe they've got a quarterback they like in the second round, and he would, he would probably still be there, but. I just I just think let's take things first and do the the free agent options right and we'll sort of try to tamp down the enthusiasm huh. for what people think they might get here. So here here's we got what we got at free agent quarterbacks this offseason. Quarterbacks who are uh, their contract is up officially as of March 18th, which is the start of the new year. One is Dak Prescott, who Joe you see over there shaking his head right now because well. There's a probably around a zero percent chance that he's leaving Dallas. 
We've seen Dallas give a couple contracts away over these past couple years to some playmaker guys, Zeke Elliott, the most recent of them. It would be stunning to see them not re-sign Dak. And and failing that, they can franchise him. Right. So the the idea that he will be out on the market is is, it's not going to happen. Drew Brees, number two. His contract is up as well this year. Don't know how much Drew Brees has left in the tank. I assume that he still has some more time to play. But He really didn't address that in the day after the, the, the loss. I think he just said, you know, it's too soon. But I, I get the impression from, from the people down there that he still wants to play. Mm-hmm. So, th- so then the ball's in New Orleans court is how much. He's not going to play. He's not, he'll only give so much of a hometown discount. Right. And we'll, we, it'll, it'll involve some of these other guys. Teddy Bridgewater's going to be a free agent. And Taysom Hill's going to be a restricted free agent, I believe it is. So all three of their quarterbacks will be up. They've got some. I, I can't imagine they can juggle things to where they can keep all three of them. That, that's an intriguing, and, and that will maybe uh, shape what one or two other teams, of course, do in this offseason with what New Orleans decides to do with their quarterbacks. And the Colts should, could certainly be one of them. You mentioned Teddy Bridgewater, so we might as well jump down to him. Uh, by the 2020 season, Bridgewater will be 27 years old. So he's so is Brissett. Yeah, so is Jacoby Brissett. So the same same age. His stats in 2019: Bridgewater played in nine games, completed 68 percent of his passes, threw for nearly 1,400 yards. In nine games, had nine passing touchdowns and two interceptions. So you look at the stats right there. They don't jump off the page. They are they. If you double them and in, in, in compare them to Brissett, they're basically the same. Very similar. Stat line. Very similar. So now, is he more re- reliable? I guess is the word because th- one of the stats that jumps off of, of Brissett's stat sheet is, is the completion percentage. It just nosedived the last seven games, uh, and the, the hard part's going to be with with. Chris Ballard and Frank Reich is determining, is this guy a, a noticeable upgrade over Brissett? Uh, and Bridgewater, I think you could probably argue one way or the other. Is he or not? Taysom Hill, he, I don't think he'll be in the mix. I think New Orleans finds a way to keep him. But then you have to worry about, is he really a legitimate four-quarter quarterback. quarterback or is he just a toy? Right. I mean, it's one thing to do it occasionally, but uh, and then the next one on our list is Ryan Tannehill. Well, he's not going anywhere. Either a long-term contract with the Titans or the franchise tag. So, again, uh, Phillip Rivers, does he, you know, what's he, what's he do to you as far as thinking he might be the short-term bridge in Indy if the Chargers decide to let him go. Philip Rivers is an intriguing option because he's worked with Frank Reich and he's worked with Nick Sirianni. So if there is a comfortable spot for Philip Rivers to go, if indeed he's leaving the Chargers, Indianapolis might be it because it would probably be the place where he has to learn, quote unquote, the least when he starts with a new team. Another thing with Rivers, you know, he threw 20 interceptions this year. A lot of it was him running, if you could call it that, because he's not very fast for his life because his <laughs> offensive line was beat up. Um, Colt's offensive line, assuming Costanzo is back, would be able to let him sit in that pocket a little bit more. Um, the thing you have to consider, though, is salary cap. I mean, the Colts, 
Jacoby Brissett is 21 mil against the salary cap next year. If they cut him, he's 12 million in dead cap. How much is Rivers going to cost? Here's another thing about salary cap. The Colts have the most space have a lot of it. in the NFL entering this offseason. So they have the flexibility to, to eat some numbers like that. It just depends on how much you want to eat. Of course, everything everything connects in this. So it, it's we, we're trying to give you like this picture and at the same time as say that, hey, the quarterback connects to what Anthony Costanzo is going to do, which connects to uh, what Chris Ballard can do with free agency, which connects to what they're going to do in the draft. So uh, a- a- as we're mentioning all these things, and especially when it gets into salary cap things, you know that like what, what you decide to do, of course, and I-, and I say this, it should be obvious, what you decide to do with the quarterback will impact what free agents you can bring in. And this is why guys like Chris Ballard in the front office are paid the type of money they are, because they're paid to make these tough decisions themselves. But like you said, yes, that is one thing that you have to worry about with Philip Rivers is if you're going to bring him in, do you let Jacoby Brissett go and eat that salary? No. no. The, th- the thing is with the salary cap, it you, there there are differing figures out there. One of them is like 90 is it Five, 98 million, 93, 98 million dollars? Uh, about Sport Track has or Spot Track has 96 in expected salary cap space. Okay, but 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 then I talked to a guy with with over the cap, and th- those are sort of either competing or or similar. And they've got the Colts at about 135 or 140 million cap space, projected cap space, because there's going to be a, a roughly a 40 million dollar carryover from this year. So what, I guess what I'm saying is the salary cap will not be an issue. You, you can finagle, you, you can massage however you want to do it, and you can make things work. And even if you bring in Rivers, I, I just don't see, or, or, or any veteran, I just don't see cutting Brissett, then who's your backup? Right. Brian Hoyer? Mm-hmm. Chad Kelly, uh, you know, so so no. Joe would like Chad Kelly. I know, I know, but but I we're not going to do this just to satisfy Joe. So I I I do think that that Brissett's here next year. Now, I've taken the approach that I think he's your starting quarterback in Week One. Mm-hmm. Now, to me, that changes if if you go the veteran quarterback route, which I don't think they do. I still think the the, the drafts the way the way they approach this, but. You know, we sort of glossed, or I sort of glossed over because I just I can't wrap my head around Tom Brady being a Colt. It, it, th- you th- did th- skip over his name. I was going th- to circle th- back. Th- this is yes. this is it's right there on the list, Mike. It, it's you went the, right it's, past it's, it. It's the one. It's the third one. But th- this is this is not the same as well. You know, Adam Vinatieri was a Colt after being. No, this is this is ten times more. I just. Don't see. First, I don't. I don't. I can't until I see that Tom Brady's not a Patriot. I I won't believe it. Mm-hmm. But at some point, the Patriots have got to move on. Now, whether that's this year, and they're probably in his worst position to move on without a quarterback than anybody. Uh, so, so I don't know what they do. That I, I couldn't. I don't know who their backup guy is. Uh, Jared Stidham's a quarterback they drafted in the mid round last. Year. Right now, I mean, it's not like you had Garoppolo or. Or Brissett there. So I, I don't know how you totally push the reset button in New England. Uh, but we, we we know quarterbacks move on. Peyton Manning, I mean, who would have thought Peyton Manning would move on? Although those are not parallels because when the Colts 
parted ways with Peyton. They didn't know that even Peyton didn't know if he could play anymore. He right. couldn't, he couldn't throw a football with much authority. Uh, and I did go back and look. There's a little precedent for veteran quarterbacks moving on. Uh, Joe Montana went to the Chiefs. Went to the Chiefs, mm-hmm. and he went uh, went to the playoffs with the Chiefs twice. Took yeah. him twice. Went nine, eight and three, and nine and five. Went to the AFC title game his first year there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, Peyton with uh, with Denver again, not the same situation, but went to Super two Super Bowls, had the all time season uh, with Denver. Uh, it, it's just you're to to bring in a veteran. It's just the stopgap a year or two. All these guys are, all these guys are upper thirties or forty. Philip Rivers is what thirty eight. Bridgewater is the outlier at twenty eight. Eli Manning at thirty nine. You yeah, want Eli no, Manning here? No, right. no, no, no. He's okay. at the bottom of the list. I just thought I'd well, mention. There, there are two guys here that the youngest two guys on this list. Saying, yeah, that we haven't mentioned yet. And those two are the two guys who were deemed franchise quarterbacks five years ago. Drafted one two in the same NFL draft. Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, both of those guys. Every GM was salivating if you wanted a quarterback over these two guys and what they could do. I saw Jameis Winston in his freshman year at Florida State lead the Seminoles to their first national championship in 15 years, it was. And he was stellar, stellar as a freshman at Florida State. Big, strong arm, accurate, in control. Fearless. Fearless. Knows where he's going with the football. Right. Loves crab legs. Yes, that was the next year, Joe. Don't get so that that's so offensive. That was his sophomore year. Oh. Golly. So he should have been smarter, but he wasn't. But then his sophomore year really did start start. Shart, excuse me. Start. You could say that. I know I can't start to show a few cracks in the armor, especially with the interceptions that started peeking through. They still went undefeated and made the BCS, not the BCS, the college football playoff, uh, but they got boat raced by Oregon that year, and Jameis left for the NFL. And in the NFL, well, he's thrown interceptions at a very similar rate to touchdowns, as in this year, joining the 33 club, which, unlike well, he, Major he, League he, Baseball... He didn't join it, he, he created yes, it. Yes, he, he debuted the 30 for 30 <laughs> club, and... Uh, that is that's, that's his, crazy. Uh, uh, Absolutely it, crazy. It's funny. I was trying. I was trying to compare it to something, and maybe I mentioned this last week, but it, it dates me. It reminded me of Wilbur Wood with the White Sox. One season, he won twenty and he lost twenty as a starting pitcher. Mm. Of course, he was a knuckleballer, so he started like a zillion. But it's it's just so rare. Well, it, it's so rare that it had never happened before that a guy reached that. And and what's really crazy, maybe appropriate about Winston's career in the NFL is it started with a pick six. It did. His first pass. first pass. And his last pass was a Another pick one. six. We, we were watching on TV. And, Sakes alive. And he had 29 interceptions uh, in that game. Whoever they, I can't remember who they, who they played in the final game. And we thought, okay, he's going to avoid the 30. And then he went in overtime. And it, overtime ends on a pick six. I think it was Atlanta. Yeah, it may have been. Yeah. It may have been. But it's first of all, again, I don't think he's going anywhere. I, I think they would be crazy to let him go. Well, did you hear what Arian said about him? I, I know <laughs> uh, if I can win with him, I can win with anybody or something or another quarterback. Yeah. And he that, that's the thing is, but that, that's Arians, and he also said he's done some good things and done, done some terrible, terrible things. Terrible things, I right? Think he didn't word, say bad; yeah. he said terrible. Oh, yeah. 
But I, I really think that, that they think they can fix him. I, I don't think this is sustainable. You, you, you just can't. Now, it, it's funny because l- let's just say that the Colts bring in Winston. It would be such a dramatic change in quarterback personalities. You've got one who goes out of his way not to make mistakes. To me, to a fault. Yeah. About not forcing the ball, and you got one guy that's just winging it all over the place, and you know, and you you, you hope that your touchdowns outweigh your interceptions and all that. And I don't know that that's what Frank Reich prefers. I, I think now he 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 said they need to have Brissett be more aggressive and in throwing the tight windows and all that. And I think right now we're seeing Brissett. Maybe it was ingrained in him in New England that you know. Interceptions are bad, you know, mm-hmm. really bad. Well, not always, not not when you're being aggressive and things happen. But I just don't know wherever James, if, if James Winston leaves, whoever gets him has to be convinced they can retrain him because you you can't throw twenty five thirty interceptions a season and hope to overcome them. You just can't. So I, I don't think first I don't think he's going to make the market. Uh, and who's the other one you mentioned? Uh, oh, Marcus Mariota. Yeah, that's to me is a complete afterthought because, as I, I've we've said before, Colts fans have seen the absolute worst of Marcus Mariota. We saw the, the, we, we saw the best of Blake Bortles. Yes, and and the absolute worst of Marcus Mariota. You you can't bring him here. There's there's a he, zero percent he, he chance. He is not an upgrade. No, over Brissett. No. Now I don't know if that's a compliment to Brissett or not. It really shouldn't be. So uh, <laughs> you've got another guy. You got Case Keenum listed on here. I I just none of these guys. In one outside the box that we'll just mention, if people are going to mention Tom Brady because Colin Cowherd mentioned it. and He said it would make sense. And Tony Dungy, though. Even Tony Dungy went on a show and said, you know, this would be a good place for him. You need to text Tony. You'd be like, dude. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up, Tony. Stop it. But the, o- the only outside guy that I would that would really pique my interest is if, if, if John Gruden would get rid of Derek Carr, I, I would invest. Here's, he's not on this list, of course, because he's not a free agent. Right. But continue. But 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 he, you know, this is the guy that got rid of Khalil Mack. You know, one of, one of the preeminent pass rushers. And I just want first it would depend on what the price would be and, and how much Battered likes what Carr does. I, I don't know how old Carr is. Probably twenty nine. I don't know. Maybe not that old. Twenty eight. Twenty eight. Okay. He'll turn twenty nine in March. But if you look at his stats, I mean, he's a. 68, 70% thrower. Uh, I, I did see some quotes from o- Oakland where he wanted, he wants to be unleashed a little bit more and throw the ball down the field more, which I think that would be okay here. They, the, these guys want to push the ball down the field, but they also want that high efficiency in, in, in passing. But I just, I can't imagine John Gruden letting a franchise quarterback go. That would be intriguing. Joe, go ahead. Well, first I was just going to say, Carr this past year, career highs in completion percentage with over 70 and average yards per attempt with 7.9, which is pretty good. Frank Reich's, he's, he's pushing for 7.5, and Brissett was 6.6, six, six, I think, yeah, this year. Yeah, it was that's just, sixes. You, mm. ju- you, you just can't sustain, sustain a passing game where – and again, we've talked. I think they rank okay in the league in, in chunk plays in the passing game, but chunk plays are like twenty yards or more. But their chunk plays are like twenty yards, 
It's not 50, 60, 70. It's they, they don't get the big plays down the field partially because they didn't have the personnel to do it this year other than throw it up high to Deion Kane and let him get a personal foul or, or mm-hmm. Marcus Johnson and, and T.Y. Being, being sort of ineffective at that this year, not being healthy enough to do that. But I would Derek, Derek Carr, I would, I would kick the tires more than a few times on that one. Other thing with Carr, looking at his contract, he's got three more years, so through the 2022 season. But the Raiders, if they cut him, it's just $5 million in dead is, cap. What are his bases the next three years? Cap hit of the next three Not years. Not cap hit, because all, all they're going to get is his base salary. Base salary is almost $19 million in 2020, a little over $19 million in 2021, and then $19 million again I, in 2020. Live with oh, that. Oh, I would yeah. live with that and not even think twice. Oh, yeah. Likewise. So... All right, now we're thinking if they traded for Derek Carr, what would the Colts given up? Could You'd they maybe to... dangle Brissett out there to the Raiders so they draft a quarterback? Brissett could maybe be the stopgap for the Raiders, maybe Brissett in a second-round pick? I don't think that you're going to be able to get a guy that you want to be a franchise quarterback with a second-round pick, period. Well, it'll, it'll take a one-plus yes. something. Yes, it'll it'll be a one-plus, at least one-one-plus if you want – now, whether you put a player in there, I don't know. I'd rather. What was Cleo Mack? Two ones, was probably two ones, ones and a couple twos. Two ones right. and a couple twos. Like, yeah. So, I mean, that that's a defensive end. That's not a guy who touches the ball every play. And right. and, and with all due respect to Cleo Mack and how great he is, if you want a guy that you're you're trading for a franchise quarterback, and that that's what anybody's going to do if they're trying to get Derek Carr, they're going to the the Raiders will try to push that price tag up and especially if they can get two teams interested it's going to go beyond one dra- one if, first round pick if they have multiple teams i could see that but the difference with Carr and mac is mac was about contract the raiders didn't want to pay him whereas Carr they have under contract and they have themselves decided he is not the franchise quarterback so that right there almost diminishes his value that they don't want him if they get a few teams in the mix sure i could see the price being driven up i i i, I see your point i just I find it hard to believe that they would let him go for for cheaper than that. I don't know. Yeah, it, it's but but that's what we're saying. If you're going to do it, but you make a good point, Joe. I don't it, want to. Yeah. It's going to cost you. Yeah, either draft picks, money. When when you when you get car again, the base salaries are because they've paid all the bonuses and all that stuff. Unless there's roster bonuses due future, so all, all you're getting all you're getting are his bases and 19 million. That's a steal. But uh, that's that's again. I I would more beat the drum for that. Of course, it takes Gruden being, you know, having a senior moment twice in two, two or three years. But I would rather do that. I just don't think that's – I don't think either any of those scenarios are viable options for this quarterback situation. I'll tell you guys, I, I would be so intrigued if they brought Jameis Winston here. Maybe it's just because I saw him at Florida State. Like, I, I think that would be really cool because I still think that he's a good quarterback. But I'm, I'm – like I said – it's probably from the time that I saw him lift a national championship trophy. And, be a lot and more I'm, exciting. I'll it would tell be you that. very exciting. You would have you'd stock up on your heart medication if Jameis Winston is the. <laughs> what, what, what I wonder too is 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 how much does as much as I really appreciate and, I, and Bruce Arians is a good friend of mine. How much is his influence? How much did it have on Winston? I mean, the interceptions. No nothing, biscuit, no biscuit. That's the thing. So at some level, Bruce is is really trashing his quarterback. But that's his style. But that's his style. Yeah, it it, 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 it you have to understand 
there's got to be a tolerance for X number of interceptions and, and bad plays. But he had, I think Winston also set a league record with seven pick sixes, I think, this year. Sakes alive. That's just... That's just you can't do that. That's insane. I don't, care how, I don't care how big the biscuit is. You can't risk that. <laughs> that's right. So, but again, I just, it, it's so hard when you, when you might have the guy to let him go. Now, with, with Tennessee, it, Mariota, it, you've got to move on, and they will move on. And, but the question is, again, how, how much, you know, the, the, league, the history of the league is full of quarterbacks who had that one great year or that one great stretch and you give them the big money and then oh this and that's why i think Tannehill gets the franchise right. for next year you know I, we appreciate what you did but you know do it again right uh so but some some of these guys won't be out there dak prescott like we talked about i don't think Bree i don't think breeze goes anywhere i really don't brady's the one i'll be the last one to write a story on brady coming to the colts i i un, until it happens i because i just can't i can't imagine it i i don't can you imagine what was it Ballard said with the Josh McDaniel thing? The rivalry's back on. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine if, if at, at the Brady signing here when he says, "Okay, now the now the rivalry's back on." Jeez. So, but it, I just, I just, I can't see it. No, I can't either. I, I, I literally can't imagine him. With and the he would wear number twelve. He would, he would wear Andrew Luck's number. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness, that would be just rip the the stitching off of luck and exactly. put Brady on there. Just sew it right on. Yeah. He's... But but again, I've learned to never say never. Yeah. Uh, just again, Manning to Denver. Uh, the, the the more the more similar one would be like Montana to the Chiefs after mm-hmm. you know because because the, the Niners decided they had they had to yeah. go to Steve. You had to go to Steve Young. Mm-hmm. You just had to. But I just. Maybe it happens, but I just can't see it. So those are the free agent quarterbacks taking a dive into them. Maybe we'll take a look at some rookies in a little bit when the draft gets closer and if we're through free agency and none of these... uh, Well, because the problem is when we dive into it, what, the Colts are at 13? Yes. There are four teams, as I was looking, above them that need quarterbacks. Cincinnati. That's one. Miami. is two. Carolina, probably. Likely. There's another one that could be out there is Cam Newton that we didn't really talk about, but he's, of course, not a free agent either. So let's let's say the Chargers decide they're moving on or or bringing in the guy to groom. So if Ballard wants to move up from 13 to get his guy, you've got to go, I don't know, fifth after Miami? I mean, 13 up to five. That's going to cost you. Five. So you'd have to get in front, maybe four with the Giants, get in front of Miami. Giants could trade down. Yeah. Uh, maybe the Lions are at three are a trade down candidate if you want to really get up there. To but get, it's going to cost to, a lot. And again, it, it all depends on on who Ballard and his personnel people. They may have somebody from wherever that they really like as a developmental guy. And when I'm saying developmental, I'm talking a year. I'm not talking yeah. in three years. It'll be pretty good. So at all you get today is right. about mm-hmm. years That's, the most. It's, it's funny. Whenever we talk, is is like Costanzo the long-term answer at left tackle? Well, to me, long-term in the NFL is like four years. So, yes. <laughs> Unless you're talking franchise quarterback, every other position to me, Quentin Nelson will be different, but you know, he, here we go. He, he's a guard. Oh, uh, Mike. I know. <laughs> but, but in the NFL, long-term is like four years unless you're talking – the franchise, the Mahomes and, and Rodgers and Manning and what you thought luck. 
because things change and injuries happen and coaches change. So, uh, again, you cannot draft a guy second or third round and say, you know, in three years, I think he'll be a pretty good player. You can't, you can't develop that long. So before we really dive into rookie quarterbacks, like I said, perhaps a future podcast on that. Uh, now the door, since the door has been shut on the 2019 season for the Colts, we can look back on the rookie seasons of Chris Ballard's 2019 draft class. So last year's draft, uh, it was a build as a very defensive draft. Obviously, a lot of high measurable guys, which we should come to expect from Chris Ballard. At Seven this of point. ten. Seven of ten were defense. Right. And two of those three on offense were seventh round offensive oh, tackles. Oh, by the way, we better get an offensive lineman. Exactly. So with that said, let's take a look at those players and see what they did in year one. We'll give an evaluation, see what their expectations might be for year two. And uh, that's what's on tap for, it seems like, most of the rest of this show. So... Their Colts' uh, first pick in last year's draft, they traded out of the first round, as you guys will remember, for a second-round pick in cornerback Rock Yassin. And his season can certainly be described as hit and miss. Interesting. Interesting is a good one. There were one or two games where the spotlight shone on him for the wrong reasons. The one I can think of in particular is where he had about four or five different holding calls. Yeah, trying to guard Sutton. Yep. And that did not work out for him so well. Uh, one th- what he was billed as coming out of college was a physical, in-your-face, man-to-man defender, a former wrestler guy who went to Temple, got a single digit for that's given to only the toughest kids who play in that program. So is he tough? Yes. Is he physical? Yes. But maybe you need to be a little bit less or be, be a little bit smarter about be, how physical be you can be. Grabby. Right. And that's something that... A coaching staff and a secondary coach and a defensive coordinator really need to work on with Rock moving forward because you like a guy who's physical. Absolutely. You love it, especially if you want to play more man-to-man defense, which is something that uh, defensive coordinator Matt Eberlus, thank you, was was touting throughout last offseason into this offseason. The Colts did play more man-to-man this year, but you can't do it if you're getting penalties. He had eight penalties, most by a Colt this year. Five holding, three DPIs, and an illegal contact. And it was just, again, he had four against Denver. But so That skews it, but still. Right, but still, it's, 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 it's too many. One thing I did notice, and you have to keep in mind that some players missed X number of games with, you know, Darius Leonard misses three games and on and on. Uh, Rocks played 15 games, started 13 and he played the most, percentage-wise, the most snaps on defense this year of anybody. 80, 82% snaps he played. So they, 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 I don't want to say they threw him out there and said play deep in, into the pool, but, but they sort of did. Mm-hmm. And as much man-to-man as they played, uh, he was sort of exposed at times. But I, I think they really like what this kid brings. And it's it's... It's the nature of where we are in the media now that you want the instant production, but then you also have instant criticism when the guy doesn't measure up. Mm-hmm. So I think it's fair that to criticize the negatives, but but he, I thought by and large he held up pretty well. You you did one thing you didn't see the the, the penalties and the mistakes get to him. 
I didn't see a wane in confidence. So that's one thing. If you're going to be a corner, you're going to get beat. You're going to get penalties. And the important thing is to put it behind you quickly, the, the old selective memory. So I think they've got a keeper with him. And, you know, yeah, yes, there, there are things he needs to work on technique-wise. And when you get beat, you're always reaching and grabbing. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's certainly better to give up a 70-yard gain because you got beat instead of giving up 15 yards for interference or whatever because you got beaten and you grabbed the guy. So I think to, 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 to pile on him right now is, is just un, unrealistic and unfair. So I, I think they've got a, a young corner to grow. Yeah, I, I think if I have to grade him, I give him probably a B minus. Right. Yeah, maybe a C plus if you want to grade him harshly for, right. for some of those mistakes, but certainly no less than that. Um, it, it's It's... Like you said, you, you can't expect every draft guy, every guy you draft, come out and be Darius Leonard, Quentin Nelson, right. year one. That production is just not going to happen. You get guys who do develop over and, one year and over next off season. Right. So, and, and this was a secondary that he had to play a lot more than right. than maybe they anticipated because Desir it, it was was injured. Ma- was injured most of the season. Kenny Moore was injured for the last. And Quincy Wilson years. simply. Oh geez, he's uh, done. Absolutely, oh, he'll probably be on the roster for not, for the ninety man roster. But but he 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 just showed you that he's not the guy that you need him to be. Yeah, a second round pick. That he's was got, a, a second round pick has got to be a starter. Yeah, that that's why you took him and he's been given the chance. And he he was I think at the end of the season it was his shoulder that bothered him. But there were a handful of games where he was healthy and active. There there might have been a game where he was where he dressed. And didn't, didn't play because he's not because he's not a special teams guy. Crazy. So, so, so part and here we are. Def- I don't mean to defend Rocky Senior doesn't need that, but he was he was forced to play more than they anticipated because of people around him. Mm-hmm. Cornerbacks one of the harder positions to switch to from college to the pros. You see a lot of guys on the bench in their rookie years at cornerback. Good right. point. You mentioned second round picks are supposed to be starters. Well, the Colts had two more second round picks in last year's draft. Next one was Ben Banagu. Mike knows how to spell it. That's all he needs to know. You I miss, know how to did say you misspell it? it? Joe actually did outline. misspell it on uh, on this outline. Uh, here. It's Banogu, not Banagu. Banagu, yes, Bano, Banagu, Ben Banagu. The great thing, uh, if you this is just a peek into uh, to our lives on a on a uh, television basis. Um, Chris Hagen was, of course, covering the NFL draft in Nashville, and he was sending back uh, sending back just a story that night from the uh, the Colts draft, and he didn't. He didn't hear the the announcement on stage, so he's just reading, of course, the names of these guys that the Colts drafted, and he's like, how on earth do you pronounce Banigou? So he sent back, like, five different pronunciations <laughs> for his package. He's like, and in the second round, the Colts draft defensive end Ben Banigou. Ben Benogu, Ben Benogu. <laughs> so yeah, it was funny. It's just like you had to you had to fit the right yep. one in to the to the package. So you could have messed him up. Oh, I could have. Yes, yep. we could have. But uh, that's 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 what we go through sometimes. And all uh, I care about business. is spelling it exactly. So so that's that that's the funny part. The uh, the when it gets down to the nitty gritty, uh, Benogu did not have the most impressive stat line this season. He was not used extensively. Just uh, eleven tackles, two and a half sacks, uh, four and a half tackles for loss. And I guess what, what stands out to me about, about this stat line specifically that it's kind of lacking is Kamoko Ture got knocked out early in the year. Kansas City. So you figured at that point that Banigou would have more opportunity right. to step in and, uh, and perform. 
I guess in, in some aspects, I think Bangu was kind of backing up Sheard and uh, Ture was kind of backing up Justin Houston and Houston would stay on the field for third down. He'd go inside, Ture would come in. So they're kind of different. I think that's what it was. There were different uh, exterior positions. Muhammad played a lot towards the end of the season. But exactly, well. yes. Well, but that, that's he... probably because Banigou didn't do what they had hoped he would do. Exactly. And that's the point I was trying to get right. to. You just made it quicker than I did. <laughs> Good job, Mike. Well, and, and again, you, he needs to be that pass rush compliment. He was on the field for 26% of the snaps, and there were some games that hardly at all. So, you know, we, we had, was it two years ago with Terrell Basham, which you're hoping he's the guy. Not, not to maybe be, maybe maybe they did hope to be your main pass rusher, but but you need that complimentary guy because Justin Houston probably has one more year here. I don't know if they re-up him uh, at the end of next year, but uh, they need more from Ben Banigou. And... Uh... There's also a question about if Jabal Sheard will come back next year because he's Correct. a free agent. Correct. So if Jabal Sheard walks, then you really need more from Ben Banigou because he's right. going to step up and see, you'd think, plenty more. I'm one of those guys in favor of resigning Jabal Sheard, mm-hmm. although I understand why you don't. He'll be 31, I think. And Ballard said something about Sheard in his... Well, but I couldn't tell if it was a, a goodbye attaboy or whether it was... It was definitely an attaboy somehow. He he sung his praises. But right. Yeah. But, but it again, was hard it, to tell. It was hard to tell. And... and at the same time, he he talked about the that he underestimated the need for veteran presence in in the member the voices. He said, "Boy, we really missed Al Woods, Al Woods and Mike Mitchell." Yeah, and that's and Justin sh- Houston is not a voice; like he he's a presence. Right, right. he's, now, not now a, he's voice. a voice on game day. Yes. He, he's the one that kind of gets them fired up. But Jabal Sherrod is sort of that guy that uh, keeps him level throughout the week. Yeah, and, and he's also a pretty good player. So. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. I, I I wouldn't be surprised. I I would make some effort to re-sign him at, at my. And almost all these guys will be at their price. But what happens to him is certainly going to impact what they what more they expect maybe from Banigou. After Banigou, the third second round pick from last year's draft. I think this is the one we can do an entire podcast on. I feel ourselves. for I feel for this guy. So, it, but but we'll we'll mention Paris Campbell and we'll probably dive into him a little bit deeper than some other guys. Three starts, just seven games, but for the love, one thing after the other, after the other, one injury after the next, one surgery after the next. It's really a rough first year. Welcome to professional football. I remember talking to him early on or midseason after a couple of these, and I said I asked him what his what his major was in college, and he told me something about communications or you know bio, whatever. And I said, well, you could probably get a, a degree right now in in medicine, hmm. because he had he had the ankle in training camp, then he had hernia surgery, right, and then he had a broken hand, and then he comes back and then he has a fractured foot. It's a, he he will have had three major surgeries as a rookie, and this is a guy, if I'm not mistaken, didn't have any injury issues of, of note. No, 14, and, 13, 12 games he played most so, of the year. So you, you, it, it, we're, they're going to go into next year thinking they what they know, what they what they have in Paris him, but they really don't know because he, he didn't play for an extended period. When you're 22 years old, it's certainly a lot easier to recover from three major surgeries than if you were 32 years old, for sure. But, but it's still three major surgeries right. trying to perform at the highest athletic level. That there is. And, and Campbell, what his strength was, was his athleticism. It was 
trying to and, and Frank Reich said he's a wide receiver now. Like, and we saw some glimpses of that in right. training camp that he can run routes for sure. He's not just a gadget guy, but that was kind of part of the reason why the Colts drafted him, and not why they drafted a couple other people. And it, it's similar to the the Mitchell Trubisky uh, thing right now that the Bears are going through. That he is always going to be compared to guys like uh, Patrick Mahomes and, and Watson. Sean Watson because the Bears jumped up and took him, and those other guys were still on the board. For the Colts, and whether this is fair or unfair, Paris Campbell might be compared to two other guys specifically that were taken shortly after he was drafted. Last year, Paris went 59th overall in the second round. Five picks later, at 64, the Seahawks took DK Metcalf. Metcalf caught 58 passes for 900 yards and seven touchdowns this past year. He was the combine darling. He slipped to the end of the second round for some reason, and he proved people this year that he deserved to be picked higher than he was. I don't know exactly. We, there are reasons why he fell that that far. But like we talked about DK Metcalf last year, of course, yeah, there Joe. Was concerns about his change of direction ability, right? And and they were justifiable concerns. But the the Seahawks show that they can use a guy like that in uh, in the NFL. And he had. He, his five longest pass complete, his catches were 54, 53, 42, 40, and 37. So he showed that he can be a big play guy. And that's, of course, what Paris Campbell's supposed to be, a big play guy. The next one, at number 76 overall, in the third round, was Paris's teammate at Ohio State, our boy, Indy Zone, Cathedral High School, Terry McLaurin. Very similar stat line to DK Metcalf. 58 catches, the same. 919 yards and seven touchdowns again. And scary Terry... Again, his big playability, <laughs> 75-yard completion, 69, 41, 34, 33. With half-assed quarterbacking. Yeah, Ex- not exactly. <laughs> I was going to say, with Case Keenum and uh, what's the other guy? Haskins. Haskins. Dwayne Haskins throwing him the ball. So, Paris Campbell next year, you hope that he puts up some good numbers. If he doesn't start putting up good numbers, you look back at these guys that were drafted after him and you're like, Chris Ballard made a mistake. Well, and, and right or not, he's going to win a year two with the injury prone. And that too. tag, it, 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 it just, it follows you. It's there. Is you, it fair? I don't, I don't know. Four injuries in a season. You are it until you prove you're not it. Correct. He needs to be drinking some milk this offseason. I'll tell you that. Those, those bones. bones. I guess that's a good thing is it wasn't an ACL or any long-term. Does milk help injury. a hernia? No, but he had a few <laughs> fractures this year, I'll tell you that. <laughs> so, um, wide receiver is probably one area that the Colts will do something with, of course, this offseason. Barring quarterback or offensive yeah. tackle, to me, that's what the 13th pick ideally is for, mm-hmm. is for receiver, because you've got to be planning on life after T.Y. Hilton, because in two or three years, it's coming. All of a sudden, the most th- three most important positions on offense are need to be upgraded for the Colts. Oh, by the way, they need a pass rusher. After the second round into the third round, the Colts draft linebacker Bobby Okariki, uh, Pro Football Focus's eighth-ranked rookie through the regular season, so he graded out well, um, had a good coverage grade, was pretty good against the run, fourth on the Colts in tackles, um, certainly had a, uh, a limited role because... I mean, both Anthony Walker and Darius Leonard are out there racking up 120-plus tackles themselves, so Okariki comes in from time to time. Relatively, he's not rarely on the field. He's there sometimes. 16 games, 8 starts, his uh, 45% of, of snaps this year. Yeah, so about, about 50%. Time, yeah. Which is much as, as much as they're in sub-packages. Yeah. 
Uh, so if he's your strong side linebacker moving forward, you got three young linebackers that are going to be together for a few years. And and I like Okariki a lot. Like I really like him a lot. I think the three linebackers that that the Colts have are there there for the future. They're there for the long haul. You try to develop them. You try to tweak them. You try to improve on them. And those those are your guys. I mean, of course, I'd love it if a Zaire Franklin, Syracuse University, got got worked into the. Yeah. Can the you mix bleep that out of there? No. Can you? I can. I can go back and take that. I, out. I, I'll give you five bucks. Uh, to do Anthony that. Walker is entering the final year of his contract. Right. He is. That was. He, he will not break the bank as a middle linebacker. No, he will not. Not, not to devalue him, but I think that's a guy you can re-sign and, and not really say, boy, this is a one of the one of the highest paid middle linebackers in the league. And I don't think anyone any other team would go out and try to right. like throw boatloads of cash at him because he, he is a good solid middle linebacker. He makes tackles, but he doesn't do the things that Darius Leonard does, which is cause turnovers. And not as often at least. Right. Let, let's let's say that. Um, or get in the backfield for for stops as often as Darius Leonard does. So uh, he, he's not the guy that's the game-changing middle linebacker that gets that tag like Darius does, but he's a solid guy that joins they, they him alongside They complement each other very, very well. well. Very well. It'll be more valuable than the Colts and other teams. Correct. Probably so. Probably so. So that's Okariki. Into the fourth round we go. A player that Chris Ballard traded up for in the fourth round. That's safety Kari Willis out of Michigan State. Uh, had the second most run stops among first-year safeties. I don't know where Joe finds these stats, but he does. In nine starts this year, Kari Willis had 71 tackles, three of them for loss. I expect the second year, Kari's your starter now. He has supplanted, yes, he has supplanted Clayton Gathers as that guy in the secondary to be alongside Malik Hooker. He he was on the field for um, 60% of the snaps, so they played him a lot. And there were a few games that Clayton was on the field for zero defensive snaps. So now I realize with game situations, a team is going to throw the ball more. You don't want him out there as much. But they've got a keeper in Kari Willis. I, I like what he brings. So, again, that's if, if we're giving grades, he's certainly a B, a solid B. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, to be an A, you've got to be something, you know, real, really go off the charts. But if you look at this group, there's, there's four or five keepers in this group. Yeah, there, there's no A's, I don't think, in this no. that you saw from, from this draft class. Like Banigou, maybe a C. Uh, Campbell's you can't give him. He's incomplete. incomplete. I mean, exactly, yeah. you can't do it. Okariki, I'd give a B. Um, you get down to Marvell Tell. It's it's hard for me to say because he was such a project and he did have a limited role. I never looked out there and thought that he was out of his element in the times that he did see the field. He got beat on a, on a deep post or a deep corner once, and I, I and they they gave a reason why he was supposed to have help over the top. Whatever I can't remember which game it was. But again, he he was a safety college safety that that they moved a corner, and he, he was something of a project. And I, again, I think he's one that we don't know how he's going to be down the road. But I, I thought for a a late round pick, he played, he met expectations. And Joe has a nice stat here that uh, Marvell Tell did not miss a single tackle all season long. So if he gets out there, and well, if we're for a cornerback, you better make the tackle because if not, the. F- Guy's right, that, that's again, that is, you never want your cornerbacks being the leading tackler because mm-hmm. that means that means your his receiver had like ten catches, but uh, that's the one thing that this team by and large had were pretty sure tackling, and that, that's what you want from your corners. But, but here here's something that again Joe brings up some more good stats here. So great job with this rundown. But um, I'll, I'll point out that Bobby Okereke drafted in the third round. Pro Football Focus is eighth ranked rookie in the regular season. Card Willis in the fourth round. 
26th ranked rookie in the regular season. Marvell Tell in the fifth round, the 31st ranked rookie. So, so Chris Ballard is going out and he's finding value in these late round guys, guys that can come in and perform right away. The, the question now is how do they develop over an entire offseason again into their second year? And, because and, you expect them to take the next step forward now. And, and too often, it, without mentioning names of coaches, there, we, we didn't see the player development. We just didn't see a guy getting better. Uh, and, and this is where these guys have got to, you, you, you need to see the big jump year from, from year one to year two. And if you're going to build through the draft, that's what you have to have. What, what's going to come back to, and what's hurting the Colts now, I went back and I looked at Ballard's drafts. Uh, 2017, round two, Quincy Wilson. That's a hurt. It's right a hurt. There. Yeah. Round three, Terrell Basham. That, that's a killer. Round four, Zach Banner. You get to round four, I, I think it's kind of difficult to say a bust. But round four is Marlon Mack. He, he, he's your running back. Last year, you get you hit home runs with Nelson, Leonard, uh, Brad, uh, Braden Smith. Your first three picks are starters. Mm-hmm. They're, they're cornerstones. Teray, we'll see. Tyquan Lewis, a second-round yeah, pick. A I mean, that's we'll see. When, when your GM in, in, going after two years says, this is the big year for him because we still don't know. Naheem Hines with the fourth-round pick, keeper. He's We're, your punt returner now moving forward. And he, and he's Hang your, on to the ball, and he's and, your punt And he's returner. your versatile guy yeah. in the offense. Reese Fountain, we don't know. Ah, boy, Reese. Uh, Fifth-round, Jordan Wilkins. He's a quality third running back. Mm-hmm. And then it goes down. You get Deion Kane, who, who didn't work, and then Matthew Adams and the Syracuse guy. hey So it's it's – People tend to say, and, and again, when, when you miss on a second round pick, it, it's just it's just a killer. They did that a couple that one year with uh, the corner, uh, Dejon Smith. Oh yeah. I mean, you just can't. He was a second or a third. I can't which which which. T.J. Green comes to mind. T.J. Well. Oh, he was the second. Yeah. I think that he was it might have been the same year. Yeah. You just you just can't miss on that. But I remember Bill Poling used to say that you know it's fifty fifty in the draft. Well, if it's fifty fifty, you've got it's got to be much higher than that in the first three rounds. Right. And when you get, you know, we talked about again, when you get Nelson, Leonard, Braden Smith, uh, Naheem Hines, uh, Jordan Wilkins, that's a good draft. Mm-hmm. Now it's better if a couple of these guys at the key positions come through. Teray's Teray has got to be at least a complimentary pass rusher. He's got to be, mm-hmm. or you're once again you're chasing mistakes. We've talked about this. When you're chasing mistakes, you're, you're never getting it right, obviously. So uh, this, this – we haven't gone all the way through the draft. We're talking EJ Speed, who was – Fifth-round pick, linebacker EJ w- Speed. Only seven tackles this year. Played in 12 games, and he just w- – with a depth at linebacker, and they, for the most part they said healthy, they didn't need him. Right. Uh, Jerry Green, practice squad player. Remember they let him go when he went to New Patriots, England? Patriots, yes, for a while and then came back. Right. And then Jackson Barton and Javon Patterson. Patterson had the uh, hurt in the preseason. I knee, think. He had a knee yeah, injury and ACL maybe. And I don't know what. And it Barton was, was claimed say. by somebody. Yeah, he was claimed off to practice squad. Right. So I mean, the jury's out because it's the first year, but there are possibilities for this to be a good draft. Now, how good? Rocky Scene's got to be your starter. Bandigu's got to be a player. Paris Camp. Paris Camp. Got to be healthy. He's got to be healthy. In Okariki, I think he's shown up that he's going to be a, a keeper. Willis is a keeper. Marvell Tell, we don't know. So uh, I, I like what they've done overall, but there have been some misses. Last little points I want to make on this rookie class here, just how much they played, especially on defense. 
Willis was third in tackles, and he even missed two games. I believe he had the right. concussion. Uh, number three, four, and five on defense and tackles, all rookies, Willis, Okariki, Yasin. Right. Let's just hope that the defense performs a little bit better than it did down the stretch. Well, and one thing about the rookies, last too, last year the Colts, I think, led the league in, def- in, in snaps by rookies, their entire rookie class, and, and that was everybody. Of course, when you have Nelson and Leonard and Braden Smith starting. That helps, yeah. Uh, like that. But so, uh, again, by and large, a good group. And if you're, we'll beat this till it's really dead. Is if you're going to build through the draft, you've got to hit on what do they got? They have nine picks in this draft. I think it's one thirty-four, forty-four. They've got three of the top forty-four, forty-five picks. And if you know, barring you know, barring him staying put and taking those guys, you've got to hit on. You've just got to hit on them. Uh, you can't you can't whiff on first round picks. You can't whiff on second round picks, third round picks. That that's the depth. That that's your depth moving forward. And we'll see if he can continue to do this. Now we had another topic to talk about, but we're kind of running short on time here. But we might save awards for uh, for next time, Joe, for full season awards. Sure, we can always save. We're getting close to an hour here, so we could hand out team awards next week on the podcast uh, sounds good to me that's uh, offensive player of the year defensive player of the year most improved player most disappointing player then we can talk about all those uh next week so it gives you some uh, food for thought about what's coming then it's a tease uh, indeed it is that's what they call it in the business as for what's coming up this weekend in the nfl uh the titans of course beat the patriots in new england last season AFC south hoorah how about that? The AFC South, two teams into the divisional round. The idea round. of Ryan Tannehill taking a knee at Foxborough is just great. It is. It yes, celebrate, <laughs> and that that's and that's why you can't have Tom Brady in it. You you can't do it because of all that, because of what you just said, because that is the overarching feeling of every person in this fan base. They would not accept Tom Brady. The two, I'm telling the, you that right now. The two now. quarterbacks that might usher Brady out of New England, Ryan Fitzpatrick. And because uh, they beat him, and remember that they, they cost him the, the, the game. And, That's why they played last week. And yep. then Ryan, T- right? Just hilarious. It's incredible. So Tennessee yeah. visits Baltimore Ravens on Saturday night, broadcast in Central Indiana on CBS Four. That may be like a two-hour and thirty-minute game. You keep saying that, like every week you say this, <laughs> and it, it but there, never. Derrick Henry's going to run it thirty times, and and the Ravens run it like forty-five times a game. But the, the league does try to find a way to make it th- three hours. Texans beat the Bills in overtime last weekend. Houston visits the two-seed Kansas City at three o five Sunday afternoon. Also broadcast in Central Indiana on CBS Four. So we appreciate you listening to the Colts Blue Zone podcast this week and every week for that matter. You can follow us on Twitter at Colts Blue Zone. I am at Dave G underscore Sports. Mike Chapel is at M Chapel fifty one. Joe Hopkins is at Roto Street Joe. And we look forward to shuffling you through the rest of the NFL offseason. And like I said, next week, maybe some uh, full season awards for the Colts based on their performance from this past year. So this is the Colts Blue Zone podcast. You can download and subscribe now. Get it delivered to your podcast listening device when it drops. Thanks. Take care. Take care.